You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today we are joined by former Wildcat Austin Budkey. Kansas State coming off of an 80-76 to loss on the road against Iowa State. Before that, K-State did pick up a win at home against Texas Tech. We'll be diving into those games and taking a look ahead at Kansas State's schedule. Before we do, though, we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Be sure you're checking out the Cape Cod, the club special at your local liquor store. Be sure to check all of that out. Um, Austin, dude, how you doing? Good, man. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to talk some ball. Um, I guess before we jump into it, I do have I have a question for you, if that's OK. Sure, sure. So, you know, you're Ryan Gilbert. You're starting this new podcast, this new big thing. Um, myself, a lot a lot of other K-Staters have been following your work. Walk me through the decision making process when you're sitting down to pick your first guess. And more specifically, how did you land on my guy, Pearson McAtee? Man, Pearson's, uh, he's my guy. I don't know. I, I feel bad that I didn't pick you, but we're here now, right? Right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you crap, man. No, you're not going to, you're not going to find a bigger Pearson fan than me, man. I mean, we were in each other's weddings. I mean, we're golfing tomorrow together. Um, you know, I would take a bullet for that dude, but like, man, I watch a lot of podcasts and, all the successful ones, what do they all have in common? They have controversy, hot takes, contention, you know, and you're just, you're not going to get that with my man Pearson. Like he's, he's too corporate. He's too buttoned up. <laughs> he's too well-spoken. You need, what you need is a hooligan like me who has nothing to yeah. lose, who's going to come on here and kind of spew some hot takes. And uh, I'm just going to say what I think. You know me. We've done interviews in the past. I kind of ramble on and just kind of say whatever comes to my mind. Like, that's what we need. So let's talk some ball, baby. Let's get into it. First thing I want to talk to you about, man, um, you texted me uh, when I kind of announced this was going to be a thing. And you said that I I better have you on as one of my guests and that you bet your ass we're talking sports betting, right? That's what you said. And so I want to start with this, man. K-State has covered all but one spread in the Big 12, right? So if you've been betting on K-State, you've been making a lot of money, and I'm sure that you may or may not have done that. But uh, do you feel like the uh, the odds makers in Vegas have really caught up to, to how good Kansas State has been? Is there still a lot of value to be made on uh, you know, betting on K-State? Wow, I didn't know that. They've covered every game except one in the Big 12. Yeah, TCU game on the road, obviously. TCU, yeah. Yeah, yep, yep. I feel like – there was a couple games that were no brainers. I, I thought I was taking crazy pills on the Baylor game. Like what were we like seven and a half point underdogs? Mm-hmm. And we had just come off the road, like at Texas. So like everyone, you know, that was, a, you know, like, everyone knew what we were capable of. Like, everyone was like, 
knew that K-State basketball was for real and could go on the road and beat a big-time team. And then for, like, what, four days later to come back and be seven and a point? Like, that was disrespectful. I was all over that one. That was easy. I'll be honest, man. I've kind of stayed away um, Big 12. I just – dude, once you get into Big 12 play, like, it's it, – I mean, it's mm-hmm. a mess. Like, you just don't really know. The one – the one thing that I have been doing, I've I've hit pretty big on a few of these. Um, if it's if it's one of these big games, um, like I think KU, it hit earlier in the year. Wichita State, I know for a fact that one hit. There, I think there was at least one or two more. But I've been parlaying some like alternate spreads with Keontae Johnson over like twenty plus points because whenever we win like a big game or we win. Like and I have no stats in front of me. I could be totally wrong on this. This is just total vibes. It feels like, like when we come out to play and we play well and we win big, Keontae Johnson has like twenty three points, and it's like you put parlay those two things together, and it's like plus five hundred. You have five to one odds. Yep, yep. That's that's what I've been doing. But other than that, man, I don't know. Big twelve play. It's weird. It, a line has to like really jump out at me for me to to jump on it because dude, you just. You never know. I mean, you, you watch it as much as I do. Like, it's it's a total crapshoot. So, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you've been betting on K-State, though, you've been making money. And yeah, I mean, you, like, the Big 12 is just tough, and you never know what team you're going to get night and night out. Yeah. I mean, now I feel like an idiot because I did not know that we've covered it <laughs> except one. So, um, I mean, I'll that's I'll put that in my, my gambling notebook for sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a game that K-State did cover in, of course, was the Texas Tech game. Let's jump into that game for just a little bit. Um, Texas Tech is 0-8 in the Big 12. That's the worst team statistically in this league. But if Tech's playing in any other conference, they're not a, a last-place team. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was the definition of, like, a letdown trap game. Like, And I listened to your interview week one with Pearson, and I think you asked him, like, do you believe in trap games? And if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think Pearson said no. Like, He's like, no, nah, I don't know, man. Like, He gave that textbook answer, right? Yeah, dude, there are a hundred percent trap games. Like, um, they come in different forms. They're not as easy to predict as like a lot of people think. Like, I, I people throw that term around a lot. Like, oh, that's a trap game, and it's like, well, to me, I think a trap game is like a mixture of what time is the game, like what day of the week is the game, like what was the previous game, how many days ago was it, were we on the road, was it a long trip, like all those things like play into a factor, and I think. Like Texas Tech, man, like just coming off that, like coming off the high of the big KU win um, and like playing at home against the team. What were they, 0 and 6 in league? I mean, they were, they had mm-hmm. a difficult win. Like, dude, like I, I saw that one coming a mile away. Um, and yeah, dude, like Texas Tech, like they're really challenged offensively. Like they probably should have won that game, if I'm being honest. Like we did not, I mean, we kind of came out snoozing, which, like I said, it's going to happen. In Texas Tech, if they're like five percent better on offense, they probably win that game. But you're right, dude. Like those guys are those guys are animals. They're like they're studs. They have some absolute grown men on that team. And it was weird because I actually was went to uh, I met up with Pearson. We went and did like a golf indoor golf simulator thing here in Kansas City. I left my house. I think at the at the under eight or under twelve media timeout in the second half. Whatever, whatever. One of those two media timeouts. I think we were losing or it was a tie game. 
And I had a 25 minute drive to the place I was meeting Pearson at. And I got there and I parked and I sprinted in to catch, like, look up on the TV to see what it was. And there was like two minutes left and we were up 12. Like, I don't, what happened? You're going to have to fill me in because I don't even know. Like, we were, I left and it was a close game and then come back. And I mean, 25 minutes later and we're up by double digits. Like, that was crazy. Yeah. K State was just kind of sleepwalking through that, I guess, first 30 minutes of that game. And there was probably a little bit of a hangover from, um, you know, beating Kansas. I don't know if you saw this, but Jerome Tang, he, he called off the first practice, like after that KU game. So I think K-State is a better team and they kind of woke up and 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 got a win, but it, it didn't come easy. And I think for the first part of that game, K-State was kind of thinking it would be easy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens, dude. We, I mean, we, yeah. I went through a lot of stinkers while I was at K-State. So it, trap games are real, no matter what Pearson McAtee says, it is a real thing. <laughs> uh let's turn the page let's talk iowa state this last game from tuesday um i want to ask you ish masood like a, a player in specific is a guy that that kind of got bullied down low a little bit like his, his offense is great he really did make some good you know contributions on that end of the floor but you know austin you're not the strongest guy you know you were never the most physical guy in the big 12 but you could hold your own like based off of what i remember watching you in the big 12 and so is it just a matter of effort? Is it, you know, your technique? Is it just, you know, denying entry down low? How does Kansas State improve on its interior defense? I mean, dude, honestly, <laughs> a lot of it does just come down to, like, pure strength. Like, I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know. I didn't play with Ish. I honestly don't think I've ever met him. Like, I don't know what his, like, stats in the weight room are. But it's, like, it's pretty rare for someone to be, like, strong in the weight room like put up good numbers and then like go out and just like like there's some people that are just inherently unphysical and i don't think that's ish like i don't get the sense that he's like he's out there shying away um he doesn't like contact like i, I don't get that sense I, like for me dude like that was like one of the only things i was good at was the weight room like i was fairly strong i lifted weights my entire life like because i went to a small town played football so i was like lifting weights since i was like in sixth grade so I, I had to step up in that regard. Um, there's a lot of things that I didn't have. Like I didn't have the height. I didn't have the wingspan. I was smart and I was strong. Like that's all I had. And so like I like, I even still got bullied. Like there are absolute grown men in this league. So to, like I, I don't know, man. Like I, I've struggled to like see that as well. Like, I mean, my God, Iowa State found a cheat code in the last four minutes. You know, they were thrown into that uh, Osuni kid. I mean, he was like 6'10". Like, he's not even big. Probably like 6'10", 230, 240. But um, I don't know, man. I just think our bigs are so slight. Like, we don't we don't really have, like I, – I think the most underrated player, like player type in college basketball, and particularly the Big 12, are like the DJ Johnsons. Like, the 6'7", 6'8", dudes – that way, like 245, that can bench press 185 pounds like 30 times and like, you know, soft hands around the rim. But like you can't shoot, can't dribble, but like are just absolute pain in the asses. Like those are the worst guys to play. Like my my senior year, we played at Tennessee. Grant Williams, who's like a really good player for the Boston Celtics right now. Grant Williams is a true freshman. He was 18 years old. That was, He was a hoss. He was so thick and he was so strong. He couldn't shoot like at that time, but he he made such a difference just because he just moved people. Like 
him him boxing me out like i think i still have a bruise in my thigh from when grant williams boxed me out like <laughs> seven years ago like those type of people are indispensable and like i don't know i, I talked to pearson and mason and some of my other buddies about this all the time like i think this that's the one like piece this team is missing is just like that that like super physical like six eight guy like that you know doesn't really stretch the floor a ton but like you can plug in and play like 20 minutes um and they're just gonna they're gonna have like six rebounds and like four fouls but it, they're like you feel them like they're they're impactful so i don't know man I, we you know obviously it's too late in the season we can't really like add people there's no trade deadline so we're kind of like you know we kind of got to make do with what we have but you know we'll see um you like to think that we make some adjustments and um we find ways around it but who knows yeah. And I don't want to just, you know, single, you know, make this uh, an ish Masood issue, right? Like Naquan Tomlin and Bebe, none of those three guys had a single rebound in that game, right? So from top to bottom, you know, Keontae Johnson can only do so much as, as yeah. the strong physical guy on this team, right? But what do you, the, what weaknesses, I know there was a lot of weaknesses that kind of presented itself. I think the half court defense for K-State wasn't like alarming, but I think we found out against Iowa State that Kansas State, is much better off running up and down the court and not necessarily setting up an offense, but just going out and playing and getting downhill towards the rim, right? What yeah. weaknesses do you think have been presented, I guess, not just with the Iowa State game, but uh, throughout the whole Big 12 slate? Our biggest weaknesses are definitely defense. Like, we are just not a great defensive team. Like, I mean, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Like, we – can put together some like really good stretches where like our intensity is turned up it seems like every game right around like the second media timeout in the second half you know we come out and it's just like everyone went to the huddle and took a scoop of pre-workout and we come out and we're like pounding the floor we're diving it's like whoa what happened like what is going on here and we get like string like three or four stops together so like we can salvage together like good strings but like I think just like discipline wise, like we kind of float all over. We switch everything, which I think is a really good thing. Like that is, I mean, the best defense that you can run is just switching everything because screens are so hard to guard, particularly like ball screens against a good guard. So it's very clear that we feel comfortable switching. And I think that's great if, you know, if we have the right personnel, I just think, man, there are times where we get really lazy with our switches, like especially like Iowa state, they run, such clean sets like they come down they slow the pace they have like the slowest tempo in the country um and they come down and like they run their stuff for their best players and like we were just chasing them i mean they were setting like double pin downs for calcher like all night and he was just coming off getting wide open looks like we were getting lost we were doing lazy switches like i think that really showed against iowa state and the other thing the other, I think the biggest issue that we have, and it didn't show against Iowa State, who it really showed against was TCU and Baylor and Texas, is our transition defense. Like, we really struggle to get matched up, like, when the other team's pushing it. Like, I mean, there's there's a few possessions um, in, like, some of the Baylor-Texas games where, like, it wasn't even, like, a, a live ball turnover. Because like, you think about it, there's going to be situations where we make a sloppy turnover – and like they get it and they have a fast break. Like those happen. And like they happen quite a bit for us just because we're such a high pace offense. We're gonna have more turnovers. Like I could live with those. It's kind of like high risk, high reward. And I'm a gambler, so like that's cool with me. But like the ones that like, can't stand are like, you know, we work the clock, work the clock, we get a good shot, good shot up, 
the defensive rebound and they're pushing it and they're still scoring. Like those are unacceptable at this level. Like you, you cannot let like fast break transition like points on just like routine rebounds. Um, and like, it was funny because watching the TCU game, I mean, the first like five minutes, I was like, oh my God, TCU is running us up the floor. And like, I didn't know a ton about TCU. And I just like sit there in my mind, like, this is bad. Like our transition defense like looks horrible. And then like 30 seconds later, they pop up a stat at how TCU has like the highest tempo in the country. I was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, that, that makes sense. And then like, conversely, it was the same thing with Iowa state. I was watching the game. Didn't really know like a ton about like Iowa state's pace. And I'm like, man, like our transition defense looks a lot better. Like you know, they're not really getting out in fast breaks. And then like, you know, later in the game, they pop up that Iowa state has the slowest tempo in like division one. It's like, Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know, man, like those are the two things I think defensively, like, you know, like I said, we can, we can really like ratchet up the pressure and kind of like force mistakes at times. But I think, I mean, if we're going to like, have sustained success in this lead. Like you, you have to be more disciplined than like some of these teams that just run like really good offensive stuff. Do you think that a guy like David Gasson would, would help that? Or even maybe a guy like Colbert, I know he's red shirting, but, but if you were available, how much would that help K-State to have a, a true center down low? I mean, it definitely would help. Um, I really kind of like the lineup we have, honestly, like we play a lot like an NBA team, like the modern day, like NBA is just mm-hmm. like, throw a bunch of guys out there that cannot kind of all handle the ball. Um, and we're going to be like undersized. Like, I mean, think of like the, what the Warriors have done, like the Nuggets, like Jokic is, you know, obviously just an absolute like mammoth, but he's so skilled with the ball. Like a lot of our guys are like some of our best lineups are when like Naquan Tomlin is like the five man. Cause that's like really scary mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. because he can handle the ball. So I don't really hate those lineups. It's just, it's it's kind of give and take. Like you can't can't have your cake and eat it too. Like if you're gonna throw those guys guys out there, like you kind of have to be okay with giving up some rebounds and stuff. So um, I think Gasan is like a good like flex. Like he does seem to like show a little bit more. I don't want to say like because even he's just like a slight guy. Like he's not the most built guy in the world, but like sure, like yeah, yeah. There, we do like we do seem to to be a little bit like better down low. I just I think it's just kind of a product of like how we play which is so foreign to like me and like my perception of kansas state basketball like this is just like it's just so it, it doesn't register in my brain it's like we're gonna be like 20 games in and i'm like finally like okay this is how we're gonna play basketball like finally getting used to it so i don't know man it's just one of those things like i said we kind of gotta we kind of gotta like roll with with the players we got and i love the players we have i just think there's you know, it's not perfect. Like he, it's this is college basketball. You're not going to roll a team of guys out there that are 100 percent perfect. And I think like the one spot, you know, that we've we've kind of hit on is just like that interior, interior defense and rebounding. Which I don't know what you can do about it, man. We'll go ahead and take a quick a quick break here on the Friday shoot around. I am Ryan Gilbert. He's Austin Budke. We're sponsored by the Part Time Beverage Channel. Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. 
Welcome back in here to the Friday Shootaround. I am Ryan Gilbert. Today we are joined by former Wildcat Austin Budkey. Once again, we're sponsored by the Part-Time Beverage Company. Be sure to check them out at your local liquor store. Austin, coming up on a Saturday, K-State's got a game against Florida. Storyline kind of writes itself with uh, Keontae Johnson here, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even want to speculate on the emotions that that young man is feeling. Like, I mean, that's just got to be insane. Um, I know for like, I was actually watching that game how many years ago it was, two, three years ago, Florida versus Florida State. I was watching that game live when it happened, and I just remember it being like, wow, like that's like you know, that's just so so tough to see. So, um, I don't know, man. Like that's it's good. Maybe emotional. Um, I I mean, we just talked Keontae Johnson gambling. I will be all over every single Keontae Johnson prop bet because, I mean, I think he's just poised. I mean, it lines up perfectly because, you know, he's playing his former team, all the emotions behind it. I think he's going to come ready to play. But then also, like, he hasn't really played very, like, up for his standards, he hasn't played great the last few games. So, man, uh, I'm feeling uh, a big Keontae game. That's just, that's my gut. Are you are you a fan of the of the Big Twelve SEC Challenge, right? Because you play eight nine conference games, whatever, and then you take a break, and then get the second half of the conference season. And like taking that break, it, it doesn't mean anything for your your standings in the league. Obviously, your resume can be boosted or, or hurt, whatever. But were you a fan of that as a player? You know what? It's funny you asked that. I was just thinking about this like, like twenty four hours ago. I was like trying to reminisce. I was like, is do I like this? Is this cool? I would say as a player, it's kind of like meh, like whatever. I mean, my SEC challenges, we played Ole Miss and Tennessee. Like, you know, we weren't – we didn't really have those circled on the schedule, if I'm being completely honest. So, like, as a player, it's like, you know, whatever. It's just another game. It, it, you kind of just – they kind of all, like, merge together and it's whatever. As a fan, I love it. I love the change of pace. I love – seeing these weird matchups and it's such a it's like it's halfway so you got all of these coaches that have been like you know pounding their heads grinding film and all the big 12 schools you know every single team like the back of your hand and then it's just like oh by the way you got to pivot and you have to like watch film on this like 11 and 8 florida team um that you know probably runs a completely different type of offense and is is just completely different like I think it's a cool change of pace. You see some really weird games just because the scouts aren't great. Like that's why big 12 games are so competitive is because every coach knows the other team. Like they, they have everything like down to a T and then you get games like this where it's just like, you know, we had a few days to scout it. Like we don't, don't really know that much about them. We, we're going to go off what we have and you you get like really weird chaotic games. So I'm a huge fan of it. Um you know, I hope Big 12, I think this is probably like the only week of the year I actually like cheer for KU just because like I, I like seeing the Big 12 do well in this. So um, it's fun, man. It's fun seeing all the matchups and uh, I look forward to it every year. So I, I think from a fan perspective, it's it's pretty cool. You just mentioned um, rooting for KU. I never thought I'd hear those words from Austin Budke. But uh, the game after the Florida game is, of course, KU on the road. Uh, I remember I interviewed you a couple years ago. I, I talked with former Wildcats about their favorite memories. I think you said that that checking into the game and hitting a three-pointer at Allen and you could hear the crowd just be like, what, this guy? This is the guy that checked in and hit a three on us? Like, I always laugh at that. Um, 
is that I mean playing against KU is just a different game obviously everybody knows that but Kansas this year is not the KU team of the past Kansas State has a a true legitimate chance to go in there and win and I don't think it's going to take a miracle to beat them in Allen Fieldhouse would you agree with that um I'm, I'm gonna try my best not to give like bulletin board material because I know as soon as I come on here saying okay State's gonna win it's just gonna bite me in the ass so uh yes my answer is yes we definitely can win and like if you think about it like at least when I was playing maybe not so much like the last like two years but I would say the two years that I was at K-State and then the year after uh and then maybe the year after that yeah there was like a four-year stretch there where we played really well in outfield house like we had like some really close games um you know I, I think it's it's one of those things where um I think the atmosphere like gets a little overblown, not in the sense that like it's not crazy because it is. Like I'm not gonna come here and sit like, oh, you know, Allen Fieldhouse, it doesn't get that loud. Like it does. Like people, K-State fans who are like Allen Fieldhouse is a lame or like, no, it's it's historic. They show up, they get loud. But I think it gets a little bit overblown at how much it affects the opponents. Like I never really got that sense when we played there that like it's like, oh my gosh, like you just freeze and it's like this crazy thing. Um, I think the one thing that does happen, though, is KU definitely, like, they come to play at home. Like, I don't know what it is about those damn rims, dude. I've had a long-standing conspiracy theory. Like, something is going on with the rims in that arena. Because, and once again, I have no data to back this up. It just feels like KU shoots, like, 10% better at home. It just feels like they never miss. Like, guys that haven't made shots all year make shots. Um, you know, we all know they're going to get a few calls. Like, every home team gets calls. So, um you know, I don't know, man. I think if you're just talking like pure basketball, like head to head, like, yeah, like we can definitely win. Like, you know, KU is a weird team. Um, I know like our game at home, you know, probably the difference maker is like how bad they shot. Like they shot really bad from three. And I saw, you know, I have some KU fans in my life that were like, oh, you know, if we would have beaten you, if we would have shot better. And like my rebuttal to that would be like, you guys just aren't like a great shooting team. (laughs) You know, uh, Harris, the point guard and like Kevin McCuller, like those guys aren't great shooters. So it's not like, I'd say the one outlier was Grady Dick. Like he had a bad shooting night. And so you can't expect that. But for the most part, like, but outside of like Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick, like they're not a great shooting team. And I think at least when I was there, we always like had a scouted of like, all right, this guy can't shoot, like leave him wide open. Like there was times in the second half where like we were just leaving Harris like wide open at the top of the key, like giving them wide open shots. And like, sure, he'll hit a few. But I mean, if we're playing like odds and statistics, they're just not great shooters. And so um, I think we kind of just go in with the same game plan where I, I mean, if I'm Coach Tang, I am like running drills in practice where like, I'm just I'm chopping off Jalen Wilson's right arm. I mean, my God, that dude almost beat us single handedly with his right arm. That dude just drive he got the ball and would just drive right every single damn play. I'm texting my buddies like, can we just take his right hand away? Like this is like middle school basketball. Like the guy's obviously dominant right handed. So I think we make a couple of those like adjustments, but for the most part, like just play the same game leave the guys open that can't shoot and uh, if they make if they make some and they beat us by 20 like so be it but i i think you know we have the right game plan we match up well and uh i mean it's it's gonna be a fun game too bad it's gonna be on espn plus and you have to pay five dollars <laughs> right 
whatever. That's another that's another story though. Uh, if Kansas State does win this game, I don't want to say that K State's in the driver's seat, but they'll have a, a real chance to win the Big Twelve. What do you think it's going to take from this team to 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 win the Big Twelve? Luck, a lot of luck. I think. I mean, dude, this con. I mean, I'm just like beating at that horse here, but this conference is brutal, man. And um, I think you just you have to win the close games because you're going to be in so many of them. And that's like the one thing that has impressed me the most with this team is just like kind of our poise down the stretch. Like even Iowa State, like like we could have easily won that game. It's not like we just choked. Like we actually came back and like played better down the stretch. So um, I think a lot of that is just luck. I mean, if you talk to a lot of like statistics nerds, they'll tell you like winning close games is more luck than it is like skill. I mean, think about like the Minnesota Vikings. They like broke the record this year in the NFL for like most one score, like one possession wins. And then they flamed out the playoffs. So I think Ken Palm, I have Ken Palm pulled up right here where the Ken Palm luck rating were 26th in the country in luck statistically. Huh. So, um, okay. you know, I think you just, you gotta find a way to like, if we can get like three more wins, in like the one, two, three point games where it's like one possession game with 30 seconds left. Like if we can go like three and one in those games, I think we have a real shot, but like, it's just as easy that we could go. zero and four, like that's just, this league is like so tough that, you know, like the Iowa state game is a perfect example. Like if you run like a Monte Carlo simulation of the last like minute of that game, it's probably like 65 45 they win we win you know what i'm saying like it's just it's just kind of a toss-up and what shots go in and who gets the call and so um we can do it man we can do it i didn't think i'd be sitting here in january 26 telling you that we could win the big 12 um i do have a wager on the future of kansas state to win the big 12 at like 150 to one so um i'm, I'm trying, wow. to like, trying to stay like even keel but uh it's pretty insane, man, that we can be saying that one year into one year into this new regime. Austin, as we sort of wrap things up here, uh, I want everyone to know the the Austin Budkey lock of the year, and it only happens once a year. I can attest to it; it's a hundred percent a guaranteed win. Um, it only happens in the beginning of the year, so you've already missed it this season. But walk us through uh, the Austin Budkey lock of the year. So the lock of the year, I've been doing this basically ever since I, I left the team um, in like 2017 or whatever that was, is the first game, first regular season game that K-State plays. I mean, it's always at home and it's always against uh, like a low major team. I always take the whoever K-State is playing. So let's say they're playing North Dakota. North Dakota team total under whatever the number is. I don't care what it is. I'm taking the under. Here's my reasoning. And this is, I have no idea if this is going to be sustainable with under the Tang era, but under the Bruce Webb era, this was free money. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I should have tweeted this out. I could have made a lot of people a lot of money because what happens is you're playing these like nobody schools. I shouldn't say nobody because some of these teams are talented, but like you're playing these schools um, first game of the year super rusty like offense is still like trying to like figure out um you know we always had like a couple exhibition games and you'd like to think that those like get you prepared but they really don't like until you get like into actual meaningful like hey this game affects your record it's it's totally different so 
I never knew what our offense would do. Like some, like some years our offense would come out and look really good and we'd score 80 points. Some years it would come out and we'd look really rusty and we'd score 50 points. But no matter what, our defense was dialed in. That first game of the year, there's emotions. People are riled up. People are ready to go. People are tired of practicing. Like the players are like, let's go. I'm finally ready to play another team. And a lot of defense, man, like you talk about good defensive teams, a lot of it is scheme, like for sure. But a whole hell of a lot of it is just like effort and just like, I'm not going to let you score. And so, man, those Bruce Weber teams, like first game of the year coming out, our defense was so good. It was so disciplined. We scouted so much and we always gave a lot of effort that first, that first game. And so it, dude, I think it's lost one time in the last seven, eight years. Um, but like, man, there was one year, I think we played like North Dakota state or somebody, I don't know. And you know, the, the number is usually at like 60, you know, 61 to 65. And one year, I want to say, we had to go back and look. I think we played North Dakota State, and we held them to, like, 40 points. Like, it was insane. Like, they could not put the ball in the basket. So, um, that's my lock of the year. It won again this year. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to continue in the Tang era. We're not really, like, this juggernaut defensive team anymore. So, who knows? But, I mean, baby, I'm going to keep riding it until it until it, it bites me. So, you're welcome to all you listeners out there to uh, the lock of the year inaugural lock of the year every year there you have it austin i appreciate you coming on with me man yeah appreciate it ryan i'll uh i'll see you in manhattan this weekend i'll be there brother once again that was austin budke i am ryan gilbert and this is the past the, the friday shoot around sponsored by the part-time beverage company Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meats. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.